Somebody's, anybody's, the sum of all bodies equating to everybody. Your MC, Master of Community, Philly Shira. Expressive language is used. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, humans, and welcome to episode 7 of Somebody Do Something. This is part 2 the education series. Um, today I have a special guest, as per usual. But first, I just want to... Um, Share a moment with you guys. Take a deep breath. So wherever you are, pause a moment and take the deepest breath you've taken all day. Make sure you make some noise when you exhale. Let that weird energy go. All right, ready? If you're like me and you've been following this election and all other shenanigans like the impeachment and the reports and all that BS... Since last year or longer, heed this word. Let this be your sign. Take a breather, take a need, take a nap, take whatever you need, take however long you need, and be unapologetic about it. It seems as though we may have saved our democracy, but there's still so much more work left to be done, and so I think we should rest now and prepare for more work. Maybe easier work, though, now that <laughs> we're dealing with more competent people. Anyways... On with the show. My guest today knows all about work. We're so close in age and we grew up in the same house. So our relationship is more like big sister, little sister, even though she's my mom's little sister, which makes her my aunt Jazz. (laughs) She's a multi-hyphenated superhuman, pretty much like everyone else I've had on this pod so far. She's a mom of four. She's an aunt and sister, a natural creative, pastry chef and business owner and I had the opportunity to focus this conversation on the experience of homeschooling four children in these COVID times. We also talk about so much more obviously. There's going to be tangents and tangents and as my specialty. So we were in Tampa vicariously through Malik last week and this week we're in my hometown of Philadelphia with my aunt Jasmine McLean. Let's get to rolling it, shall we? Okay. So like high key, low key, you were part of the first episode when I was talking about how we used to go on bike rides. <laughs> and I think you might have been the oldest of us. For sure. But if I was four, five, six, seven, eight, because I left when I was eight, how the hell old were you? <laughs> so five years older than you, duh. So, probably like 12. Okay. So, I was right when I said 10 initially, because if I was like 4 when I taught myself how to ride a bike, then you were definitely 10. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, mama jazz, always. Yeah. So, like, that maternal instinct is totally there. And then, fast forward to your crazy, unique motherhood story, which is like, a testament to our insane genes. That's <laughs> insane. Who I really would never have thought that I was gonna have two sets of twins. Two sets of twins, and then Grandma has a total of three sets of twins for grandchildren. Grandchildren. That's sickening. Like I don't know anybody else with this like plight, and I love it. How's the journey been for you? Like, um, I feel like every, every year I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. This is harder than the year before, but I miss them being in diapers which sounds crazy insane because you had quadruple but, <laughs> right for and four kids under one under two in diapers but now it's just like their personality just spills over into everything and they're completely different in every sense of the way they're literally on opposite ends of the spectrum like day and night each set so they and they all have like their own relationships with each other also oh shit that's crazy so like not even like outside of their twin connectivity. Okay, so there's yeah. two there's two boys, Cole and Kayla, yeah. the first and set. There, they will be eleven in April, just like even crazier. And we have Kenley and Kai. Yeah, and they just turned nine last week. Happy birthday. My Scorpio babies. 
so I guess you just answered my my next question. Like I, I was gonna ask, can you see the connectivity between your twins? And you just said like the fact that they each have their own relationship. Yeah, they, they have their own relationship with their twin, and then they all have relationships with each other separately and differently. Do you see them pairing so off more often? Like they, it's yeah, they they tag team me all the time. Me and your mom talk about this a lot. Like it's so weird. I think that they realize that. They outnumber me, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they're not even teenagers yet. They're not even teenagers yet. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> they played a prank on me recently with um, showing me a screenshot of someone calling me and passing me the phone. So I'm like, hello, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. They're like cracking up. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's a joke. It's like, that's cool. Who taught you that? Good luck. Right. <laughs> Yo. At nine. That's At nine. That's bugged out. Um, <laughs> um, this is the education series episode, though. So now I want to shine some spotlights on, like, the nuances of running a multi-child household, especially in corona times. Um, so. yes. Very hectic. <laughs> What's a typical day like for you guys? And then, so outside of school, and then we'll, we'll talk about, like, the school aspect. Okay, so typical day of, like, corona previous to, well, the beginning we were homeschooling um, the last two months of school. And it was, like, all four of them on laptops in the same apartment Um with me trying to like facilitate it and they would like play in the mornings they would have breakfast um they were in school until lunch and then as soon as school was over we're like we need to get outside (laughs) recess recess um yeah so we we like used to walk trails like five miles a day they are in tune with nature so they just really enjoy just doing literally anything outside we can go to a park with no playground and they'll be like sticks (laughs) (laughs) sticks and rocks they're fun they just really enjoy the breaks do you think they notice like stuff's not normal and how do you maintain like a sense of normalcy um so i think that the first two and a half months were like really really rough um so one of my boys Cole he's autistic and he's he's high functioning um he doesn't really understand like social he doesn't know like social awareness like um, so like and norms yeah, like, maybe yeah like being in people's space like he doesn't understand social cues um is maybe the better thing to say um so him not understanding that he just can't go up to people like he usually would and be like hey my name's Cole right what's your name you know um because everyone's freaked out about having their personal space so that took a lot of adjusting um after the two months were over they were they were doing a little bit better with it nice I think you just told me what keeps them busy are there any other activities you guys do besides like recess <laughs> um yeah during the summer they went swimming um they like to play sports outside family gatherings we had to stop doing that because of covid but they just really honestly just enjoy being with each other that's awesome to have company like you know yeah. like within the house i think we can relate to that growing up too because like yeah we always like had like people over but even like when no one was there it was still like five to eight people in the house at any given house, time. Right. <laughs> people don't understand like what that is like, but for us, that's like our normal. Mm-hmm. So we loved it. Also, we we were getting um, Cole's obsessed with like National Geographic, so we were doing like lots of the kits over quarantine, which Ooh. helped us out a lot, making crystals, volcanoes, lots of crazy STEM stuff. It was fun. That's what made me become a scientist, to be honest. Like Really? That type of shit, yeah. Cole's like, yeah, for Christmas I want a stethoscope, telescope, what? everything. 
binoculars. Cole might be my twin. Cole Cole might be the one that swoops under my my wing. Like I'm obsessed with my microscopes and stereoscopes and like learning the ins and out of just different like tools at my job, like different scientific processes and stuff. Hold on one second, my mom's calling and no. I cannot answer. <laughs> Why she call you next? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll wait for it, probably, because I hadn't talked to her since earlier. Um, and so, I forgot what we were talking about. So, what's a school day like at home now? Um, the school day is very, very, very chaotic for me. Um, yeah, because so- there's only one of you. You got to play teacher, proctor, lunch lady. Oh, my God. It's like... <laughs> I honestly, they just started going to like an access center that houses them for school, which I really, really appreciate them for helping me carry some of the load. Like it really, truly and honestly takes an entire village. And so um, up until two weeks ago, they were home with me Monday through Friday. Cole, Caleb, and Kai. Cole, Caleb. No, I'm <laughs> like, I did not say that right. Kelly I'll edit it Kai. out. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. People understand that no one really, this this doesn't even make sense to me, so it won't make sense to you guys. But um, Kenley and Kai, they're nine. They're in the third grade. And then Caleb, he's in the fifth grade. They all go to one school. And then Cole, who is Caleb's twin, goes to a different school because he aged out of the um, the speech and language class that he was in at the school that the other three go to. So three of my children have one-on-ones, which are like TSS workers to help them manage their behavior while they're in school. Mm-hmm. Two of them have one-on-ones to help them with their academics. And then it was just me doing all of that by myself, <laughs> no support at home. So wow. I was like beyond myself. Like I couldn't even answer text messages because it was like, you're helping one with the test. Another one across the room lets you turn around for literally, I think five minutes, really six is like danger zone. Don't be, <laughs> don't be doing anything for more than six minutes because then that means that they're not doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I get it. It's hard for me to send an email from the couch so to be expected to sit through a full day of class and school from 8.30 to 3, it's just In the house. a lot. Yeah. In your home with three of your siblings next to you. Who are like, now your classmates? That's crazy. Who are now your classmates. They all, mind you, with twins, I know it makes more sense that they're in the same class, but they all have different teachers. So, like, Cole has a team of, like five people that I have to deal with and he goes to a different school and then Caleb has a team of like four people and then Kenley and Kai has a teacher and then they have one-on-one so like I literally deal with like 30 people a day and I'm in all of their classrooms so I was really I really had to like get myself together in order to manage them because in the beginning it just felt completely unrealistic um yeah and it took like two weeks for me to like really get a hang of what I needed to do like get them headphones I mean Um, honestly like that's quite the transition like you picked it up pretty quickly if it if it only took you two weeks because that's crazy as shit like I mean it still felt like I was drowning and I could barely do it and some days I'd be like I'm going to the bathroom to cry while they're in lunch but I mean I would have appreciated some training. I felt like a lot of us were like thrown for a loop Blindside. and weren't properly, you know, educated to even be able to assist our children. Because for like for me, that was an issue. I'm just like I had to go to the principal at my kid's school and be like, I tried. I am really trying, but this is just unrealistic for me, and I'm going to need some support. And if it wasn't for my family at James Logan Elementary, like. I don't know what I would be doing right now because they would still currently be with me every day. And I would be expected to uphold, you know, that level for them, which sometimes I didn't feel like I was capable of doing. So I'm going to swing 
little off topic and then come back. So like, because you, you started talking about different schools. So you say you feel supported. So the Philadelphia school system, like, how do you feel about it? But then how did they like, if you could rate how well they integrated virtual learning on a scale um, of like one to 10? I feel like they did the best that they could. I also feel like it's on a school to school basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the district is still lacking. There's a lot of things that our district in Philly um, have not been able to do yet, and, and other surrounding districts are doing. Um, but I do feel like the one school that three of them go to did an excellent job at not only communicating, because I feel like it starts there, mm-hmm. for them to be like, hey, this is where we are. I know that you know, what our end goal, we're not near it, but we're trying, you know, just for them to acknowledge that, to listen to the parents, to hold meetings, to, you know, just make themselves available, like to have the principal's cell phone number, like for her to respond to you right away. Like that for me is huge. And then Cole goes to a different school and it's just, it was frustrating because even now you're like two or three months into school and and I'm still feeling like communication is lacking. Um, so I definitely feel like it's a school to school basis, but overall, I would say that they're like out of six for me can okay. definitely see more room for improvement, but I, I get it. We're in this rat race and everyone's doing what they can, but I do feel a sense of urgency with one of the schools just because they're more on top of it, <clears throat> even, even pre COVID. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then let's swing back to like. You were telling me before, but I want you to explain, like, the measures you take personally to make sure, like, they can do the best that they can uh, homeschooling. Yeah, I mean, the most... And then maybe give some examples of, like, what you see. (laughs) I think that was, like, the most jarring thing, but, yeah. Um, I feel like you most importantly have to know your child. Like, I know that Cole and Caleb, they are that they're actually twins to each other, like they're A and B, they feed off of each other. So if they're not next to each other or if they're not able to communicate in a way where if they're looking at each other like, they do that unison <laughs> butthead thing. <laughs> that, was, that was my level of annoyance just coming through just now. Yeah, I, 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 I felt the energy and then I knew exactly what it was and the fact that they like, <laughs> Loki are Beavis and Butthead in like a complimentative way. Oh my god. It's it's so crazy. But you have to know your child. Like I know that Kai, he likes having timers around. Like he likes to know how much longer he has to do this one thing. Mm. How much longer before he gets a break. And that's another thing, like That's a Scorpio um, thing. (laughs) That's a Scorpio thing. The third graders, because they're in like obviously the third grade, they got more brain breaks. They got more like chances to you know, just redeem themselves. Yeah. yeah, just stretch and like oh, little scavenger hunts that maybe even the games only lasted like a minute, but that was crucial to them. Um, Kenley is very specific about what type of instruments that she uses to write with and where what kind of books she's writing in. So you know, she needed her own. She needed to feel in control of her own thing. So she got to pick out all of her stuff what she wanted to use for her area. Her Why speech. are they so adorable? That's also Why a Scorpio are they thing. So... <laughs> <laughs> Why? I do both of those things, like both of, yeah, I'm Kai and Kinley. Yes, and then Caleb, um, he needs to be able to have space where he doesn't feel, like, closed in and, like, sitting in one spot. So I gave him, like, different options of stuff that he can sit on. Um, And then Cole, he needs snacks. (laughs) Brain food. He needs, he needs brain food. He calls checks checkers and that's like something that he'll eat all day every day with no milk and he's just content and he also plays with paper towels like a sensory thing he makes like they look like robots that fly to me that's awesome i don't know what what he calls them but like that's something that you know can give him like release when he just needs a little bit of a break that's really yeah they all have their own they all have their own thing. That's amazing. But also to the sensory thing with the the older twins, and specifically Cole, like, I remember as babies and then into toddlers, like, 
when they were falling asleep or even when they're just chilling uh-huh. watching TV, they like to rub their fingertips against yours. Yeah. I, even like the ears, that's something that they're back on. I feel like it changes every six months, mm-hmm. but um, they definitely have like very specific sensory. Um, I don't want to call them issues. No, it's not an issue at all. I think, yeah. like, in general, hypersensitivity runs, like, it, it's like, like <laughs> yeah, it's sure. like kryptonite in our DNA. Yeah, um, especially now. They're exposed to a lot more. Like, I wasn't watching TV as much as they are now, even with them being on screens. Like, sometimes after school, they want to play a video game on their computer, and I'm like, no, like, that's enough break. time for the day. Like, yeah. give your give your eyes a break give your brain a break like it was it's just still like challenging for them to get in the habit of doing that because if it was up to them they would be on their computers all day all day yeah which is exhausting they don't even realize (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you get it until you like having to have a job with a a screen right and you're like oh my god this is too much Blue light glasses, though. Seriously, get you some. Get you some, like, blue light glasses. What's that? Some some glasses that help you with, with uh, looking at the computer screen. Isn't that called blue light? I don't know. I already wear glasses to look at the computer screen. <laughs> I have a very specific... Um... Um, prescription too. It's funny. I was talking about this today earlier with my friends at work. I have an astigmatism. What is the correct way to fucking say that? Is it I have astigmatism or I have an astigmatism? (laughs) Whatever it is, I have it in one eye and then I'm farsighted in one eye and nearsighted in the other one, which makes me not need glasses all the time. But screens tend to fuck up my depth perception a little bit absolutely i get it so yeah but also wearing the glasses when i don't need to because they're super stylish is a problem but (laughs) (laughs) they don't need glasses your kids they don't actually they got their eyes checked um like in february before covid and they were fine that's healthy that's i i couldn't believe it Who's, who? I'm still like, yeah, I think they at least two of them are definitely need in need of glasses. Which ones? Um, Caleb and Kenley. I knew it was opposite sets. I knew it wasn't <laughs> gonna be like the same set of twins. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, who's a lefty? Ooh, Kai's a lefty. He's my only left-handed child. What? And he's the last. He's my last born. And... So we have Kayla and Kel, who are both left-handed. Yeah. We have... I think Maya be left-handed, too. Maya, too? I think that she's left-handed. That's really interesting. That's also another, like, theme with our family. That is what I want to play around with, like, what are the statistics in the eyes and genetics of being (laughs) left-handed. Yeah, but also, like, just, like, like, specifically, like, with the connection of them being twins, like, how often do they write with the same hand versus not? Like, I'm fascinated by it. I don't have any more questions, but we could keep talking. <laughs> um, what did I want to tell you about kids' school? I feel like one thing that I would tell people is to always, 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 always advocate for your children because they can't do it for themselves. Um, it's okay if your child isn't at the same level as his classmate or even your other child. If you have multiple children, I feel like um, what helped me help my children was to never, you know, just be afraid of whatever they were struggling with because ultimately you're there to help them. People at the school are there to help them and they want to. And if you can do anything to get your child any extra help that they need, I would say be game for it. Even if that means showing up every day when they don't answer your phone call. (laughs) (laughs) and demand that they get the proper programming, the proper support, because all of that is extremely, extremely important. 
It is. And actually, in the last episode, I was talking to my friend Malik about how black boys and black children are treated in the education system, especially starting out so young. And especially when, for example, like, what if your kids were in the same class or you know cole needing a little more attention and and different programs to help Uh him to help challenge him um where was i going with that (laughs) damn (laughs) you go ahead i definitely lost my train of thought it's it's just it's just important that we don't ever forget that we have to make our children number one priority and as long as you're fighting for them then you know everything will fall into place i remember (laughs) with malik we were talking about how black children get branded especially like you know when they have behavior issues instead of honing in on the emotion they're displaying they get written off and sent to a corner and then red marks home and then probably further chastise at home or you know to the level of how they get disciplined um and i i just don't think that's fair um i'm I'm wondering if this ever happened with any of your kitties with cole when he was in kindergarten he was in a regular ed class and he was struggling a lot with transitions um with being around a, a room full of crowded children that he didn't know um and every time it was time for him to transition into like a different program or class or for him to go out for speech or ot you know it would be like a mental breakdown thing and i remember because we lived like across the street from the school at this time um every day for like a week them calling and being like yeah we can't control your son he won't do this he won't do that and i'm like there's a team of five people trying to get my one son down the hallway that sounds not to cut you Uh, off but that sounds strikingly fucking familiar to a whole team of cops taking down a black man in in the street right an unarmed black man like that's the that's the parallel that I'm, i'm trying to create here but yeah exactly i mean it's like he's not he wasn't prop in the proper placement for class and he wasn't being assisted by the right people so you know it was a struggle until it wasn't when he was in a different school, when he was in a smaller smaller classroom, when he was getting the right services, like all of that matters. And there's nothing wrong with having a mental disorder. Um, but the the thing about it is you have to you have to be diligent about taking care of it and nurturing it because when it's not, then that's what happens. They label your kids as bad. Oh, they might just have ADHD and they can't sit in your class and they're bored with you. You know, like most of the kids who they call bad and label them as bad or disruptive it's because that they're having different kinds of issues that they're working through and they might not even be aware themselves or try yeah i was gonna say trying to work through because who knows if their parents are paying attention to their behavior that way maybe they only show that you know behavior at school because they're away from their parents like there's a whole slew of things that could be going on and kudos to you for paying attention to Coley and and helping him get into a better situation because I'm sure he's thriving he's brilliant he really is (laughs) we we were at a friend's house and he like picked up this thing I don't even know what it's called um and like he's like this goes inside of plants it tells you if it needs water and I'm like what do you have and he was like this is this is how you do it and he it was. It looks like a thermometer, but it has like two probes coming down of, out of it. You stick it inside of the plants, and it tells you like if it's dry or if it's moist or not, and if it needs water. And he's he's already a fucking scientist. He's gonna <laughs> work for NASA. Mark my <laughs> words. To us how how to use it, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I've never seen that in person before, so I don't even know where he could have learned that from. But he's like, like how do you know how to do it? He's just like, I just know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're a genius, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mark my words, when Coley is graduating from his aero engineering space <laughs> super job, I'm going to be like, I called that one. <laughs> be like, excuse me you guys can have it back but like let me just tell you first i yeah, this. i want my I'm, i want my little five percent especially because we got it recording <laughs> <laughs> it is on the record right 
right. That's beautiful. I love them so much. They're um, they're, it's stressful as hell, I'm not going to lie. It's only quiet when they're asleep. And since they're here, <laughs> they've been in bed for 45 minutes, and I can't wait. But also, um, I just really appreciate them because they are always doing and saying things that just really lighten my day and lighten my load. I'm like, oh, my child said that? And that just makes me happy. That's <laughs> when their teachers are saying that, when they have good reports. Nice. Yeah. This has been amazing. It's always amazing. Always a pleasure. I'm starving. Snacks or cookies. Oh, no. I think I'm going to cook something tonight. Tonight? Yeah, so. <laughs> it's 10.30. Have, have a little bit of insomnia. And it's supposed but. to be 11.30, right? Because we in daylight saving. <laughs> exactly. Hell no. I'm not tired right yet. So sometimes I have cookie dough in my freezer. So sometimes I'll like bake some cookies mm. and then not eat them because I just like the smell of them. I'll like have two warm and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Boxing is really weird because my body is exhausted and I can't wait to hit the, oh my God, my bed. And I washed my sheets yesterday, <laughs> but my mind is on 10,000. Like, so falling asleep is really difficult after um, going to the gym. What time do you go to the gym? I can only make the 7 class, so 7. Oh, yeah, that's late. And it's only 45 minutes, so I'm home by 8.30. Yeah. Um, and to, usually I don't eat dinner because I don't usually have an appetite after work, and I just follow through, and if I'm starving like now, I'll eat, like, a bowl of frosted flakes. But I made a yeah. smoothie for the first time before the gym today. It changed it, everything. <laughs> was it helpful for you? Yes. I used to only go to the gym in the mornings just because that's when my schedule allowed it. Um, and then I used to never eat anything. And I'd be like, I need to eat at least a piece of fruit. Right. Because um, it does give you, like, it gives you, like, the ability to, like, push through it all. Yeah. I've also been fasting since May. And now I don't fast like every, every single day, like every day is a little different, but for the most part, I start eating around 7.30, in the morning, and then I stop eating. Sometimes lunch at noon is my last meal of the day, uh-huh. and sometimes I'll come home and eat before 7.30, 8.00. Um, so I eat in a 12-hour window, and I fast the rest. But on the weekends, it's like I eat around 9 or 10 in the morning, and I stop at, like, 6 or 7 because I'm able to control, like, you know. Hunger is different when you have to work through it <laughs> like, versus well, just, like, watching TV and not really wanting to get up to make food. Right. It's it's really weird. But, um, yeah, just by fasting, I lost 16 pounds, and this was back mid-July. I basically fast, but not on purpose. Most of the time, it's like, oh, I'm starving. Okay, let me just have this coffee. Yeah, most of the women (laughs) I know are like, oh, it's 4 p.m. I'm just eating my first meal because I only just now thought about it. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Seriously, that happens all the time. The other thing that happens is like, I don't know what I want when I'm hungry. Fair. And if that's the like specific thing that I'm craving, then it's just like not even worth it. You know, I'll be like, that's why I love having this kitchen because it makes me want to cook stuff like I get inspired like what what was my last bout of inspiration oh chimichurri brisket so I made my (laughs) I made my own chimichurri sauce and I slow cooked the brisket after I seared it on the cast iron and that shit was so good I'm gonna send you this video of a girl doing like commentary over a guy cooking and I'm like that's what I see is it the black lady (laughs) yeah Miss decadent My That's friend. how I feel watching videos when you guys send um, food through the group text. My friend Naja at work, we, we always share her videos because <laughs> it's so funny. She has one of this dude chopping wood and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, send me all of them because I yeah. need them all. <laughs> share as a chef, guys, like a real live chef. Like eat, live, and breathe one. She's a real, she's the real deal. I mean, my grandmother, her mom's name is Cookie, so, (laughs) I mean, what would you expect? (laughs) What would you expect from Offspring? Um, 
But you are the chef. You are literally a, a fucking pastry chef. So let's talk about your biz a little bit. Oh, honey flower is my, the brainchild of me wanting to be completely independent and doing things my way with rules and basically just fun creativeness. I feel like I just want everyone to just eat my cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I feel like um, flavor flavor profiles are, are what really excite me and that's why I am obsessed with with my business right now. <laughs> you pair some really interesting um, combos too, like shit that I would have never even thought to like put together. Like, ooh. And I, I just, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I know a little bit about pairing because I used to work at the cheese section in Whole Foods. So I would have to pair wine with cheese, wine with beer, beer with cheese, um, wine with pasta. <laughs> coffee with cheese there's some cheeses with coffee espresso rind on it so yeah I honestly um working I was a cheesemonger for me too <laughs> I don't think they're called mongers though. yes they are cheese... oh I was right yeah I was a cheese stewardess though um at a farm to table restaurant for a couple of months and after working in the coffee industry for like three years and then being in food industry for like 10 and then going into cheese I'm like this was the perfect like 360 circle like I am just is a circle 360 <laughs> <laughs> what? what I'm not editing that out expanded my flavor profile also also working at a coffee shop having to taste espresso and to know when it's burnt when the bean is bad oh my god it was just crazy like just to be able to do that and to know how to do that correctly it just it's really a real talent yes profile. really does really I, i'm uh, i'm pretty renowned in south florida for my barista skills <laughs> smoothies fucking cocktails coffee drinks my cortadito bitch don't even (laughs) my colada i have people who would like look for me and if they didn't see me they would leave like that's how it is especially at coffee shops like i'm a coffee drinker and for me the worst part about getting bad coffee is like you know oh they burnt this espresso you just put your nose to the fucking brim of the cup Right, and then you still want coffee at the end of it, so... I, that's why I had what? to quit. Girl, I had to quit. <laughs> you know what really made me quit? The last what? barista job I had before I got into my, my beloved science industry was making Starbucks coffee. Oh, wow. I was like, this is it. Like, I hate... I don't want to drink this bullshit. Yeah. Uh, for the, the listeners, I'm probably Starbucks won't be a sponsor, but... <laughs> mcdonald's neither um (laughs) i just talk mad shit um but starbucks if you if you like starbucks you basically like sugar and milk they don't have genuine like like real coffee like real authentic coffee drinkers your hispanic people who really like love colombian or 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 like you know you gotta get yourself a third wave coffee shop (laughs) pretty much yeah Pretty much. Go do your go do your research and go find you a good coffee shop. Yeah, cause their decisions on, and and it's to the point where it was like be I hated Starbucks not because their coffee is like trash but like because they miseducate their customers. I mean that's and that's I'm gonna actually would love to talk about that because the one <laughs> thing, no seriously education this guys this is the most important thing the fact. If your baristas are knowledgeable and they know what they're talking about, that makes customers want to come back. And that was that was one thing I can say about the place that I worked at in Haverford, um, is that for the majority of my time there, it was always knowledge-based. It was always, um, if I don't have an answer, one of my coworkers would, or mm-hmm. we would find out for sure, you know, from someone else who had the answer. And that is one thing that I can say about good baristas everywhere is they know that they're, they know their shit. I, I can, I can vouch for that for sure. Because not only, like, I I was more than a barista at Whole Foods. I was pretty much the head of the coffee department. Um, right. In terms of, I trained people. 
I received like training from Allegro, which is the coffee that um, the yep. beans come from. Yeah. Um, like I was, I know how to put together grinders and take them apart and clean them. Mm -hmm. uh, why you're not supposed to use soap? Like, there's just so much shit that goes into, the, and it's very that's, tedious. That's and crazy. I know all of it. And at this point, to no avail because I don't even drink coffee anymore. <laughs> So I'm I'm in like, love right now with this conversation because I haven't been able to talk about this in forever. Just being able to go to some place and be like, oh, your portafilter's not up there? Yeah, I don't want your coffee. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> the it's fact so that funny. I can smell burnt espresso <laughs> as soon as I walk into an establishment is uh, a testament, again, to our family's hypersensitivity. But <laughs> Oh, the nose. The nose. Lies never, <laughs> never. Just always knows Especially everything. a trained nose. Right. It's crazy how I can withstand the pungence of like a cheese like epois, but cringe at the smell of burnt coffee beans. <laughs> That's me. I can totally make sherry vinegar for hours and be perfectly fine. Pickle everything. Oh, facts. And I, just I actually need to pickle some stuff. Pickling, pickling is delicious. It's like, shout out to Fernando, um, who kind of put me on this because literally I went to this dude's house, um, probably like 18 months ago. And as I'm leaving, he's like, oh, you want to try some, some, some red onions? I'm like, raw? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, what? He put them in my hand and I was like, this is the most delicious, most sweetest onion. It's the best thing you will ever eat, <laughs> ever in life. It just really turn, turns your milk all the way up. What did I put it? I put it in two things. One, I put it on, I made a homemade pizza. Um, I had some, like, general chicken, like, sofrito, whatever mm -hmm. chicken, that I, like, cut up, put in barbecue sauce, put in the microwave, put on top of the pizza, and then I was like, this not enough. And then I turned <laughs> to the red onions. Definitely add a pinch of red onions. Chef's kiss. Oh, it's so delicious. <laughs> and using them for Asian dishes is amazing as well. I know they're so underrated. Even pickled ginger is really good. Pickled anything. I'd eat pickled cauliflower, um, carrots. I do. I got um, carrots in peas. there right now. Snow peas are good. Ooh, I'm gonna write that one down. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Snow Literally peas. just pickle everything. Usually I throw the snow peas in fried rice, but I like that. Me and Kayla were talking about turnips. Pickle <laughs> you some turnips. You'd be surprised. I've never had a fucking turnip, but I would imagine they're very similar to onions, question mark? No, they're like root veggies. What? Just, um, root vegetables, like parsnips. Again, um, what the hell? <laughs> you, you just, you have, you have to pickle... A turnip. Where the hell do you even find parsnips and turnips? I feel like maybe the they hide in plain sight, but I swear <laughs> I've never seen them in real life. <laughs> they actually probably sell them at most supermarkets, um, but they you you really would walk past them. Alright, yeah, probably. Maybe it's like like the ignorance is just blinding me. <laughs> yeah. Get you get you some root veggies. Um because my thing with, like, working out and fasting, I've plateaued in my weight because, really, the bulk of my diet is carbs still. And it's, mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to get to a point where vegetables and fruits are at least 50% of my diet, and it's just not working out. <laughs> but, I mean, so that's, like, why we got the blender. Um, yeah. But even trying to keep veggies alive in the goddamn fridge... Unless I cook them it's all so at the hard. same time. It's, that is actually hard to do. But that's why I would say if you clean them and prep them when you buy them, I know that that sounds like a lot of... No, we started work. doing that with the broccoli and the cauliflower, which lasted me weeks, whereas like they turn super fast usually. Yeah, they do, especially cauliflower, because you really have to... Like, oh my soak. God. <laughs> but please, people, clean your vegetables. And oh, your fruit. It's very important, especially it's, it's, like it's, the more locally sourced you, you, you go. Not that like, you know, you have to worry about pesticides so much with local stuff, but like the dirt is real. The bugs are real. And it's like a weird thing because it's almost like you want your shit to look like that or else like it wasn't made in a lab. 
Right. Yeah. I think I might have to, like, start buying produce on a more weekly type basis, which isn't yeah. difficult because I pass Whole Foods on the way home from work every day. So, like, and even, like, this week, like, I picked up um, some more asparagus, and it only costs a few bucks. So doing it like that, I think, might get me farther than trying to spend $30 to last two weeks. Right. Also, may- maybe plan your meals ahead. I know that that's that also sounds like a lot of work because... I mean, only because I have the podcast and the gym. So literally every weekday, Monday to Friday, is like, okay, we going, we making dinner, we going to the gym, or we doing a podcast. And usually, <laughs> I'll know, <laughs> I'll know specific days when I'm making dinner, and the only thing that'll stop me is like if I have to work late, and then I have to switch up, you know, <laughs> the trifecta. But it's also, like, I have to know what I'm making in advance because the meat has to thaw. Yeah, for sure. And I got to have ingredients, yeah. Especially, you were going to say? I was I was going to say, especially when you have a protein involved. Because that'd be, the, that'd be my whole thing. I'd be like, okay, I got the vegetables on the side. What meat am I having again? We didn't talk about you as a lunch lady too much. Do your kids <laughs> eat the same shit? Because I can't imagine that's the case. kids don't eat the same of anything. <laughs> I literally cook, like seven meals every two days it's just insane i probably should have never started that when they were younger but they are extremely picky and i am a hundred percent at fault (laughs) well i feel like they wouldn't have been eating shit if you just was like nah you gonna eat this (laughs) and you're like no i'm not (laughs) will literally eat everything caleb will eat a lot of stuff but he's like very particular like he's so into condiments it makes no sense wow zara who is my baby sister who we call sauce as a nickname hates fucking condiments (laughs) but she had she got too much sauce (laughs) (laughs) oh man they're they're so strange um with their eating habits right now cole's obsessed with um grilled cheeses again Ooh, yes a He's hidden gem, honestly. One slice of cheese on his grilled cheese, and if they are dark <laughs> in any type of way, like maybe like a light, lightly toasted is what I call them. They're barely a grilled cheese sandwich. Hence, hence the, the one slice. <laughs> he yeah, already one, knows any more cheese, you're going to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> one slice of cheese. He doesn't like anything else. Caleb, what is he like? He likes spicy cheese sandwiches with spicy brown mustard <laughs> and else, and then like chips on the sandwich. That's his thing right now. Cool. And then Kelly and Kai literally eat anything and everything. They love um, hummus, actually. Really? Yeah, they like they like eat hummus, guacamole. They they eat lots of veggies. I'm actually not complaining about them too. <laughs> I'm not complaining about any of them, really, but I make seven meals, and most of the time I don't eat what they're eating. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine you would want a spicy one slice grilled cheese every day. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want any of what they're eating. But we like, I'm having spaghetti. I'd be like, cool. I will make that for you only. Just know that this is special. When are you finna teach them how to cook their own shit? Oh, they actually are trying to do it now. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, no, get off the kitchen. <laughs> um, and then other days I am so fascinated with them asking me questions like, what's this for? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, depending on the space and the type of time that I have, I will let them help because I think that it's cute. Um, no, beyond help. cute, let me just say... <laughs> You're giving them survival skills that they'll have for the rest of their lives. Because one one thing about, like, even my foundation for cooking, mm-hmm. my dad and your dad definitely taught me how to create the perfect sandwich. Specifically, Pop-Pop taught me breakfast sandwiches. Right, that's his thing. <laughs> I make a mean-ass breakfast sandwich. Shout out to my Pop-Pop. Um <laughs> My dad kind of taught me lunch, how to flex lunch, um, and then on to dinner once we moved to Florida. Um, But then, like, being around uh, my second family, Peruvian, Jamaican, Italian, like, oh, adobo, oh, sazon, oh, sofrito. So now I just combined 
what I know from my past with what I've learned from the food industry and apparently I'm a chef. <laughs> but damn, damn right. Another thing I wanted to say is I, I feel like especially experiencing college and surviving it. I've right. come across too many people who did not have fucking basic survival skills. Don't know how to do laundry. That how is, are you out that of state? Is so rude. Can't cook for themselves. Like, don't know how to iron. Don't even know what how to hook an ironing board up. Now I know how to do it, but I don't like to. (laughs) I refuse. Um, That's also another thing your dad does is press the hell out of some clothes. He can press the clothes down. (laughs) If you see him ironing, just give him all your shit. Facts. Like you know. Facts. Take your just leave your stuff out with his stuff in the ironing board. Ugh. The Philadelphia school system had me wearing pleated dresses and shit. Like, did you just throw up a little bit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All in my mouth hole. Honestly, um, like with the kids being home, I'm like, I will take you guys wearing uniforms any day over this fashion show <laughs> that you guys got going on to go nowhere. It's just insane. That's awesome. They're like, they're hilarious. That's awesome. This was fun. It's time for me to watch Shit's Creek, which is, oh my God, my new obsession. Why is it so funny? I'm not sure. <laughs> but when you see Dan Levy and look at Eugene Levy, you're like, he sneezed this dude out. Like, they, right. they are fucking twins. Really his twin, for real. Except Dan Levy, I'm obsessed with him. His facial expressions, he's hilarious. I was gonna say that they have, like, the same mannerisms, but his facial expressions are way funnier. It's because he's, <laughs> he's queer. <laughs> it's a, it's, we do it better over that side, anyway. It's a relatability that is just beyond, yeah. Right. I, I'm like, I am, I am him. I am this character. <laughs> it's hilarious. Thanks for talking to me. We will Thanks talk again soon. Me. You want to tell them where to find your business? Oh, absolutely. We are on Instagram at Honeyflower, F-L-O-U-R, um, Bake Shop. And um, you can check our website out. It's HoneyflowerBakeShop.com. Thank you. <laughs> I never know how to end these things to the point I where just like so I just let it end with the phone going boop boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> She's like my niece is a badass, badass. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Do it again. I'll edit it. Okay, my niece is a badass. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We certainly enjoyed ourselves making it. (laughs) I felt it was important to open my space and get part of her story out because I feel like a lot of people are dealing with um, multi-children households and trying to figure out, you know, what to do, you know? Like, how do I walk these kids through the day, especially if they're, you know, younger than teenage years, um... It's a very difficult transition. I think we've seen how hard it was for adult humans to uh, to try to adjust and acclimate to this change in lifestyle due to COVID. But let's shine some light on our kids, man. They're, this is tough. So uh, I, I admired the activities that she was doing with the kids. And one of the things that made me um, want to speak with her for the podcast is just hearing, you know, all the steps that she takes to make sure that they have a good day at school at home, like that's crazy. You know, setting them up at the table to make sure that they're able to pay attention and not be distracted by the fact that, you know, they're in their house surrounded by all their stuff. She also tells me because she's part of, you know, the classrooms, like she's going around and making sure, you know, they're keeping up and, you know, just uh, overseeing the kids. But, um, she can see the screens, obviously, of other kids, and some kids are in bed. Uh, on the internet, there are some videos of pa- parents or guardians in the background naked and not aware, you know, that the kid is at school on the computer with the camera on. Um, unfortunately, one teenage dude didn't know, well, 
unfortunate for him but fortunately you know for the situation he didn't know the camera was on and it was a break and a first grader was online schooling and he was caught molesting his first grade cousin on camera um other kids and the teacher saw and as dark as this is i think it's worth talking about so that we could try to have a control on this type of situation especially in black and brown communities because you know it's it's not lost upon us at all and we won't dig into it today but you know if it's happening at all we'd better get used to discussing it for the sake of our babies um we just oughta because they deserve so much better in this show, I also talk about my second family, which I never really spoke on before, so I'll dig into that. So when we moved to Florida, um, we were introduced by my cousin who lived here already um, to her roommate's family, you know, the Peruvian, Jamaican, Italian family that I mentioned in the episode. And that was in 2003. Um, so obviously it's going on 20 years um, we spent multiple holidays together. We're family. So I was lucky enough to have them help me adjust to Florida culture, the very diverse Florida culture, because where I came from, it was diverse in the sense of personalities and, and experiencing a very specific, nuanced lifestyle um, of inner city Philadelphia. But I, you know, the only Spanish people I knew of were, you know, at the quote-unquote poppy store or the corner store. Um, if you're from Philly, you know what I'm talking about. Um, every block had a corner store where you could go and get a hoagie, uh, some chips, penny candy, you you name it, uh, cereal, milk. <laughs> um, some of them even had cheesesteaks, which chef's kiss yeah so i was introduced to a number of of spanish cultures by way of friends at school and by you know through my second family just because the spanish population in florida is very large and extremely diverse within itself um so learning different cuisines of different countries peruvian colombian guatemalan Venezuelan there's so and they're all so different even the dialects um and I think it's fascinating also a very large Caribbean population um I was introduced to again Jamaican cuisine jerk chicken jerk pork curry I I'm so obsessed with it it, it really is beautiful um and that really opened my mind my palate my dialect the way I pronunciate words <laughs> um, that are not English. Uh, I love how it made me who I am today. And I'm grateful for all the people in my life. And I thank you guys for listening. This is the education series. And as we step into hopefully a new administration, and I keep saying that because like he technically, Biden has technically won, but they're not calling it yet. They're still counting ballots and we just have to wait. So as we hopefully step into a new administration, we can try to evaluate the things that is dividing us as a nation, even if the other side is resistant. It's worth analyzing to at least be able to say we attempted reconciliation. We have this thing about being winners and losers in this country, Democrats and Republicans. We have a thing with labels. We have a thing with winning and being seen. And I just want us to remember that ignorance and evil are twins. So as long as you try your very best to stay actually educated, you know, cr learn how to cross-reference your sources of factual information, learn how to realize when things are biased or opinionated versus fact, learning what credible sources are on the internet, and that's where also cross-referencing comes in. And this all sounds like tedious, but what we're really talking about here is an extra 30 seconds on a Google browser. One thing that one of the news apps does is it tells you how, or actually I think LinkedIn does this, it tells you 
or gives you rather an estimate of how long it should take you to read the article so that you can gauge, you know, so versus, you know what I'm saying? I I feel like that way you're more inclined to read it, you know? Knowledge is power, you guys. Knowledge truly is power. And I hope that we can continue to learn and grow together. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. We're officially in five different countries, over 200 listens. You guys have subscribed, left reviews. You listen constantly, like every week. And I, I'm really beyond grateful. Like this is episode seven. Um, it's amazing. Uh, my birthday is next week, so next week's episode is gonna be very special. Yeah, man, tis the season. This is the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you. Please follow us, SDS Pods, S at the end. That's on Twitter and on Instagram at somebody do something underscore. If you're listening, please rate, review, subscribe. If you fuck with me the long way, maybe you'll write a written review that will help me tremendously. Provide feedback, you know, slide into my DMs and tell me what you want to hear. Maybe you want to have a conversation. You got some facts lined up and you're ready to talk. Whatever. I'm open to everything. I want to engage with you guys. But yeah, thank you. Till next time. I'll be a year older. Oh my God.